Hello and welcome to Burst Above or possibly Don't Burst Above is our special uh, quarantine I- edition. Uh, I'm Michael Contario and uh, with me are my co-host Chris Moten. Hello. And uh, regular guest John Nelson. Hello. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Burst Bubble was a radio show which ran on CAMFM for about two uh, two years or so. Um, I think it actually started back when the student radio station CAMFM was actually CUR 1350. Um, so it kind of expands some areas there. Uh, and we did a weekly show where every Sunday we'd look back at the silly news from the week. And since it's now... Like, it was, we were all kind of like stuck at home uh, we decided uh, it was such fun doing those radio shows we wanted to do them again uh, but now we've discovered Twitch and we are yeah make it just basically doing it as a radio show on Twitch which Twitch isn't really made for but what the hell these are strange times we have to adapt uh, and try out new things yeah, I think um, it's uh, it's an exciting new world to be in. Uh, I can remember uh, back in the day when we were doing this thing, um, I used to do the tech for CAMFM, uh, and at one point I built a little thing that would give you a graph of how many listeners you'd had for your show, uh, and I can say with confidence, I, I think it would be a lie to say that we had tens plural of listeners at our peak, but I think, but I think I, I could. We we did we definitely broke double figures at times, uh, and then I, and then you, when you did the graph for the week, there was there was like one show a week that was pulling in like twenty five people. It was you know it would have been probably efficient to just gather people in a little room and, and talk to them. <laughs> yeah, but it's all it's all uh, training for. For those, those those radio radio careers that we didn't have, but some people definitely did. It's really bizarre it's actually, actually seeing yeah. Yeah, I've some heard of the ben, people. I've heard Ben Vice on Radio Four, mm, and uh, I've I've seen uh, uh, Chris Barrow uh, around on various BBC local radio stations as well. Yeah, yeah, he's gradually sort of climbing the greasy pole. I presume in the the BBC has some sort of hierarchy of counties, and you get, you get sort of initially billeted to what they consider to be the worst county. I don't like Rutland. I, I don't know. Uh, and then you sort of gradually make your way up. So yeah, he's uh, he's on his way to to stardom. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's face it. It's going to be until you get somewhere in London, it's going to be the top, right? Just because. <laughs> Like before that, you have to decamp to Salford, but it kind of goes London, Salford, rest of UK. I think. Um, isn't Salford basically the top of the BBC list? Isn't that when you know you've made it because you're then with the rest of the BBC? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's still a lot of it in London. Is it one of those breakfast, things? Breakfast is in Salford. Is there like one of the one person in London that they're all kind of trying to avoid, and so they're gradually, <laughs> gradually sort of moving the whole operation to Salford, and then at some point that guy will be like, "Hey guys, hey, I heard you'd all moved up here. It's really strange. Like, I must have just missed a lot of emails, um, but I found you now." And then they'll, then they'll have to find like another city. They'll move the whole thing to Glasgow or something. Yeah, they're talking, they're talking about doing a virtual parliament, so I don't know whether they're going to start. I mean, I think they should take Parliament on tour. <laughs> well, I've done a bit of uh, a virtual... Um... They've done a bit of virtual BBC, haven't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the things like uh, how I got news for you in the MASH report coming from people's houses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, the MASH report works pretty well. Uh, like, you can see they sort of made the format work. Uh, and uh, and then there's how I got news for you which is also present. 
yeah we're, we're going to like we're probably going to have some overlap with some of our stories with some of those things and hopefully we'll have some stuff which they have deemed not worthy <laughs> or possibly too far in the past no, i yeah. think that is I, th- I think that was always the modus operandi of the show wasn't it was to uh was to pick up all the stuff that that uh, have i got news for you deemed beneath itself <laughs> Well, we also had, uh, in the Camafam days, uh, they didn't trust us to do political neutrality, so they said just don't do politics full stop. So we had to pick all, all the stories that were defensibly inconsequential. You know, so the stories that we could persuade any reasonable judge just don't matter, uh, and therefore don't constitute political speech. Uh, whereas now we're not under those constraints, so we can, so we can unveil all of our sort of weird political alignments, and you'll learn that all along I was a really boring, me- mealy-mouthed centrist who's terrified of his own ignorance. <laughs> uh, that, 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 that does sum, sum, sum up our characters, I think, a lot. <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk about the silly stuff so we don't have to engage. <laughs> What's our first let's story? Let's lie. I, 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 let's let's get going to things. I mean, we've got we've got some things which are kind of like almost veering towards uh, politics, but uh, barely. Uh, the first one is a story that Chris actually uh, picked up and uh, wanted to be on here, which is to do with a jet fighter, Chris. Uh, yes, so and uh, just a brief diversion. Uh, 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 I can see the Twitch chat, uh, and uh, and one of our lovely listeners is keeping track of people I have insulted, uh, so which he counts so far to be. Have I got news for you? First, the bubble itself, and the ceremonial county of Rutland, which in, I, I don't think I could locate. So I, I, feel, I feel particularly bad for Rutland. Uh, but yes, as you say, let's move on to the first story. Um, so uh, this is the story. Uh, of a man who was given a ride by the French Air Force, uh, and by the sounds <laughs> taken of things, for a ride. Take, by the sounds of things, he wasn't really up for it. Uh, like he worked at an airbase, and on his last day, as well as a carriage clock or whatever it else is you give someone who's done a lot of service in the airbase, uh, they also said, "Hey, do you want to ride in one of the fighter jets?" And by all accounts, he said, no. And they said, ha, 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 in you get. And tossed him in the back cockpit of a two-man fighter jet and took him for a ride. And didn't bother to do a whole lot of the stuff you're supposed to do before you put someone in such a situation. So they put him in this thing. And they climbed rapidly away from the airfield. And then leveled out very sharply... Uh, like from a really steep climb to level flight really quickly. Uh, and anyone who's been on a roller coaster will know that that's when you fly out of your seat and go, wee! Uh, except for the harnesses on roller coasters are quite a lot better say. than the harness of an ineptly, uh, uh, an ineptly set up uh, fun ride uh, in a fighter jet. Uh, so the guy, when, it, when the thing leveled out, he grabbed for anything he could find that would sort of hold him in his seat. Uh, And the thing he found was the ejector seat handle. Uh, And so he he went for an unexpected parachute drop uh, on that particular day. Um, But it it, it went even slightly worse than that would suggest, Uh, because a lot of of these things are set up so that if the guy in the back pulls the handle, the guy in the back goes, and that's that. Uh, Whereas the particular plane he was flying... Uh, is set up, uh, it's called command ejection, uh, and it means that what's supposed to happen is when the guy in the back pulls the handle, then you get a series of four bangs in quick succession, which is 
the roof at the back goes, the guy at the back goes, the roof at the front goes, the person at the front goes. Uh, except what we got in this situation was bang, 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 fut. Uh, which, <laughs> as roof went, person went, roof went, suspicious sound, which we're not quite sure exactly what it means at this point, but you end up with the guy in the front flying an open-top plane, uh, kind of like Biggles. Uh, which quite surprisingly he he managed to land uh, and uh, and they both they both got away with things in the end. Uh, yeah. But there's some lessons in this. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they are. Um, Michael, what was, your, what was your take? I think the main lesson uh, there was uh, like I get annoyed because I whenever I do like, a comedy gig uh, for like Cambridge Science Festival or something, I have to fill in a risk assessment for someone talking to someone else. <laughs> Uh, what are the risks of someone talking to someone else? Well, it's, it's mainly kind of like around someone kicking off or someone falling over one of the cables that's uh, in the room. <laughs> I, mean, that, that, I mean, a lot of things could make someone kick off. <laughs> Next, we yeah. propose to open the door, but in the case that they have, you know, like religious convictions that forbid the opening of portals, then they might, they, you know, they <laughs> might be furious at that. Uh, so, at which so point, they may punch fire anyone. in the comments section. I, I point out. <laughs> well, I, I guess uh, that fire is far away from me, and so at uh, no risk. They, they, they've also shouted. Uh, okay, I, I'm not going to swear on uh, on this, so it's F the um, Conservative Party. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael, and, Michael uh, has a tiny child in the background who he needs to not teach all the naughty words. <laughs> so the commenter said, "Is your responsibility to manoeuvre Michael into saying things that a." Ooh, they need to be rude, but they need to be things that a one-month-old baby might conceivably say. Oh, well, older than that now. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, two months. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do a risk assessment for this show? Um, we decided that, well, the, the risks were only to our pride. <laughs> and that's taken enough of a beating previously already. <laughs> uh, and I don't thank you for our commenter for moderating their language. <laughs> Uh, uh, I think I think we still agree with the sentiment, though. <laughs> in in current situation, or at least I do. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but no, um, yeah, so, so I feel like risk assessment of sixty um, odd year old on fighter uh, fighter um, jet um, should include a person may pull a lever. Um, yeah. And, 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 and put in some mitigation to this. And uh, yeah, the important <laughs> like, for instance. That leads to other risks, Chris. Uh, <laughs> like, we, we don't want to move from the story of 60-odd-year-old um, eject self and jet fighter to 60-odd-year-old sadly like immolated in jet fighter due to not being able to effectively undo seatbelt. Um, oh, is it, oh no! I was, I was going to tie him up in a way which he can't move, but he does still. You know, I mean, it's it's not far from. We thought you'd enjoy going like in a racing car. So, but for safety's sake, what we're actually going to do is tether you, put you in a sack, and then put you in, <laughs> put you in the boot of a rally car, and then I mean, that's going to be fun. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a terrible excuse. I mean, like, is this going to be your excuse for? Uh... For uh, so some stuff, um, just like going, oh, oh, sorry, um, I, I, I didn't. Like, it's just, uh, we're just going to have all the excuses for just like nefarious behaviour. It's like I'm not kidnapping someone; I'm giving them an, an experience day. <laughs> so I quite yeah, liked. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, John, you go. 
Oh, yeah, I'll definitely say that. I mean, in terms of takeaways for this, you're sort of talking about the risk assessment. I mean, surely the takeaway is to express some in, some interest in other people's interests at all if you're working with them, rather than just assume that the thing they'd really like to do is hurtle through the air. Um, yeah. That, that, that definitely feels like that that was the thing that they could have done to avoid all of this. <laughs> you work at an airbase. I presume you want to secretly want to fly planes. You know, you work at the sorting office. I presume what you want to do is be sent through the mail. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. okay. I, yeah. I, I liked about this the fact that it was to a degree the pilot's own punishment because once you've heard that fut noise but you're still in your like your newly convertible plane <laughs> then you you do have to land your plane sitting on an unexploded bomb which is like the remains of the, the rocket that was supposed to send you flying out of the plane and presumably could do at any moment so i so i kind of picture this guy doing the rest of the flying like you you know you you don't want to you don't want to take a firm hold on anything in the cockpit when you might be ejected from it any at any moment, so I kind of I kind of p- picture him sort of prodding at the flight controls with an index finger, being like, "No, don't don't do it, don't do it." Sort of you know getting getting to the, the like coming into land, and he's got five minutes to go, and he's like, "I do have an itch on my right ass cheek, but I really can't risk moving my weight even slightly." Yeah, it's also what a way to like find about a fault with your ejector seat. Well, better than the other one, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, better than what you actually wanted to eject. <laughs> I quite liked, uh, in the course of Googling around this story, uh, I found uh, someone who'd committed maybe a slightly worse mistake than this, uh, which is that uh, the engine on his, on his plane had packed up, so he decided, well, there's nothing for it but to bail out. Uh, but the action of bailing out fixed it. Uh, so, so this meant that as he was sort of as he was dropping down on his on uh, in his parachute, he got to watch the plane he was occupying until just a moment ago fix itself and and then resume flying and just disappear over the horizon. He's like, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> this seems from like this, a problem. <laughs> from this, like, uh, it, it sounds like aircraft engineering is basically the same as software engineering. In that you'll fix something, you'll do something over on one side of the program, and somehow that will cause a bug, the other end of the program, or fix it. And they're like, you're like, these things should in no way be connected. <laughs> this is what has been termed at my work as the whack-a-mole problem. <laughs> that you you basically whack one down, and then two other things appear at the same uh, same time, <laughs> and so therefore you are repeatedly just hammering at code. And hammering is quite a literal term for what generally happens. <laughs> I mean, this this teaches me that when they're making the next version of these jet fighters, they should fit one of the rocket motors uh, that like that launches the ejector seat just to the outside of it. The, you know, there should just be one of those to sort of give it a whack. So like, if, <laughs> if all else is lost and you're you're about to get out, then give it a whack. You know, it does, oh. I guess it doesn't need to be a rocket motor. It could be like a big comedy hammer that will just sort of strike, <laughs> just strike the plane in a general sort of a start working, damn it, kind of way. Uh, oh, and, and if it works, then great. Of, uh, you you just reminded me of a brilliant story which was actually uh, a month ago um, where uh, the uh, Insight lander. Uh, on Mars, uh, got stuck uh, because it was trying to dig into the soil, and the soil was lumpier than the scientists who set it all up expected it to be. So uh, it got stuck, um, and uh, in order to free itself, 
uh, the robot had to effectively whack itself with its own robot arm. <laughs> Excellent. And it worked? Yes, yes, it worked. They, they, did, they ran loads of simulations of it because, like, it could, like, obviously, if you whack your robot that hits <laughs> itself, that is generally not, not how robots are supposed to work. I can't remember which of um, Isaac Asimov's laws it uh, disobeys, but uh, no, it, uh, it, so it was it managed that the, to... at the end of every flowchart of, like, the various things we could try, and then it's finally, just give it a whack. <laughs> we've, like, we've trialed this, we sent eight PhD students into, like, with dummy hardware, they whacked it with a hammer, and it started working most of the time. So, <laughs> ultimately, just give it a go. I mean, we basically haven't progressed in the last 50 years from when the TV was on the blink, and then you just whacked it on the head, and then sort of, yeah, that solves the problems. Yeah, as long as you're sure you've exhausted all the other options, why not? Yeah, our knowledge of technology still remains pretty much the same deep down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also the yeah. last, uh, the last tier of the like the antivirus protocol uh, is to just equip us all with hammers and we just sort of strike surfaces on the understanding that generally speaking, you know, like a pulverized virus is uh, is, is less trouble than a whole one. I, 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 there. I, I can't tell whether you're talking about like actual viruses or computer viruses anymore. <laughs> I mean, smacking things with hammers definitely eliminates computer viruses. That's true. <laughs> more well, more reliable about, than real ones. Talking about smacking things into other things uh, <laughs> and, and, and military failures. Um, a Venezuelan Navy uh, boat sank uh, after apparently uh, ramming a cruise ship. <laughs> Yes, it seems that they had ordered the cruise ship to go into Venezuelan waters, like it was in international waters at the time, uh, and the cruise ship decided not to do that because that sounded like a good way to be stripped for parts and sold, uh, and uh, so they had a go at ramming it. Uh, but uh, it turns out that your slightly rubbish uh, Venezuelan budget <laughs> patrol boat uh, is not up to the job. To be fair, if it's kind of like, if you if you uh, just whack it into a like bigger boat, like, <laughs> what did they think was going to happen? It's yeah, I, I I I'm not really sure whether they meant to do it or whether they was you know was it one of those things where someone shouted ramming speed and they're like uh, all right and they're like that's a joke that's obviously a joke no one ever does that that's not a did you actually no. <laughs> Yeah, they put they pulled a lever and it just went. <laughs> <laughs> they fired fired the pilot out of the uh, out off the bridge, <laughs> <laughs> but like with correspondingly lower tech, like it's just like a little catapult, and it doesn't even, <laughs> doesn't even get you all the way off the ship. It just gets you like a bit of a running start on the on the other people on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, it lands you in one of the lifeboats, but that's it's hit and miss. Yeah, lifeboat, water, fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I am mildly confused about this boat, the the cruise ship, because uh, I mean it's been variously described as uh, a cruise ship in the initial story. Uh, it gets accused by the Venezuelans of being uh, both pirates and uh, transporting mercenaries, and apparently was built as a uh, polar exploration vessel. In which case, it's incredibly lost if it's in the Caribbean, because that's about as far away from the poles as you can get. <laughs> but but it certainly seems that if you if you've got that ship, just imagining that you know this is something that's basically been built presumably to funnel through ice glaciers to try and get to poles. Mm. So a small patrol boat 
probably should have looked at that and seen sort of the armor plating on the front and thought, hmm, probably not a good idea to try and nudge it towards its final destination. <laughs> I think we may come off worse. I, I think it's important to point out now, um, you, you were saying, oh, if it's lost, if it was um, originally going to be a polar uh, ship. But I think what's happened is it's just had to change jobs. It's, its first job didn't work out. Uh, and it was built in 1991, which so that means it's a millennial. Uh, so having to change jobs and not having one one solid job throughout his life that's 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 entirely on brand for being a millennial. Oh, half a course. Yes, I hadn't really thought of that. I mean, obviously, polar exploration was massive in the 90s. Um, we can we can all remember all of the polar explorations that happened during that time. Um, but I suppose uh, ultimately, it's, times change. Times change. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> One of the commenters, uh, a fitzling plane, it went to the poles for a gap yard. <laughs> oh dear! Like, how many people? Are, how many people are at the Antarctic Research Station at the moment? It's quite a good place to self-isolate. I would have thought. You know, it's a long way away from other people. Yeah, I was quite surprised to hear that uh, some people came back from the International Space Station recently, and I'd have thought they'd be really hard to evict. <laughs> they'd, just be, <laughs> they'd just be hanging on to vital fixtures and be like, nope, 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 you're not removing me. This is the perfect isolation pod, and you will not send me back down to Earth right this second. But they, they <laughs> did, they came, they came back down. Whether willingly or not, history does not record. I suppose they must have, I mean, they, they can't have unlimited supplies. I mean, space isn't famous for being sort of you can't just sort of pop down to the shops or something like that there's not a tesco metro just down the road when you're orbiting above yeah. the earth yeah, yeah. so uh, no but, but but you can you can uh, like always uh, down your sorrows in the space bar <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was assuming that uh that you that if they said we're staying then nasa would feel obliged to send them sandwiches but I guess you, you could starve them out. That is a way to make them come down. <laughs> I'm also just just on the on the space bar. I'm quite pleased we managed to get 20 minutes into into the show um, before we had our first groan at the uh, at the joke that one of us had suggested. I think that must be a, a new record. <laughs> uh, moving on from space, but keeping with the physics theme, uh, news. Uh, Good just link. a few days ago, in fact, uh, is that some more results have uh, been analysed from the Super Cameo Kande detector uh, in Japan, uh, basically trying to explain why, like, literally, like anything that we like really think of as stuff actually exists, and why the universe has, isn't just like matter and antimatter constantly, like annihilating itself and then reforming and annihilating itself again. Because um, we've got much more matter than antimatter in the universe, uh, but all of our current theory, previous theories were like, we should have like created a balanced amount, and we're like, well, what's up? Uh, and it turns out some neutrinos, uh, yeah, anti-neutrinos anti just uh, disappear more, I think. <laughs> So I want to take issue with you for uh, for putting this story in the show. Uh, on account of, so what I what I intended to do at half past twelve today was sit down with the stories you'd sent around and read them all and try and think of some funny jokes regarding them. 
Uh, and what I actually did was spend about 80% of that time clicking around Wikipedia trying to understand what CP violation is. So now I know that like sometimes flavors of neutrinos turn into other flavors of neutrinos spontaneously, and apparently that like regular and antiparticles have different rates of doing those things, and that this causes the level of uh, prevalence of regular matter and antimatter to vary, and that might be why the universe exists at all. But didn't get to think of any funny jokes. <laughs> I mean, I I, the, the use of the word flavours, though, I know that is an actual physics term, which I hadn't yeah. realised before either. I mean, that, that, that was beautiful, the idea that basically particles come in all flavours. Um, and they change flavours, although ultimately they all seem to end up as chicken for reasons that nobody has yet understood. Um, is that the, the, the silent suffix? It's actually up chicken, down chicken, strange chicken, charming <laughs> chicken. Weird chicken? No, no, that must be strange chicken. Yeah, uh, sorry. There's top chicken and bottom chicken, which uh, I don't really want to go into. <laughs> yes, uh, bottom chicken never really took off in, in Walker's uh, crisp flavours. Uh, I suppose uh, the other thing with, with this as well, I mean, because, I mean, we just call things matter and antimatter, whereas I, I imagine, you know, any, anybody who is made entirely out of antimatter would consider it to be the other way around. It really feels like, you know, Matter won the propaganda war here as much as anything. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like the way it's pretty clear that the physicists kind of went through phases. Uh, no physics joke intended. Uh, in that, no physics pun intended. Uh, in that they clearly they had a first phase where like, hey, we found two quarks. What do you want to call them? Up and down. Okay, fine. And then they went through a sort of a weird quixotic fa- phase in the middle, if that's even how you pronounce that word, when they're like, what should we call the third one? Strange. What should we call the fourth one? Charm. Uh, and then clearly somebody burst in and was like, we're professionals. Come on, people. The fifth and the sixth one are going to be called top and bottom. Doesn't that, doesn't that sound a bit like up and down? Yes. Shut up. If I'd let you people do any of the naming, they'd have been called, like, Kentucky Fried. That's just a, it's just a chicken thing again. Never mind. Uh- they, they, they were in fact called truth and beauty at one point really i can, yeah. see, I can see why that decision was overridden <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the, the really annoying thing about strange is that this means that quarks have a property called strangeness mm-hmm. and most Charmitude. of these things it, and most of these things are kind of like most of the properties of quarks are like conserved like there are things that are conserved when they like change into different things and they're like basically nuclear reactions, well not nuclear reactions, but like they're the same sort of thing as nuclear reactions. Um, and but strangeness can change but only by one at a time. Okay. I mean that that must make it unique in terms of I've I've definitely experienced people becoming strange in multiple ways at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I like um uh, I wait. No, I just realised I about to say something stupid. Somebody else say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, come on, like Chris. If we if we stopped when we were about to say something stupid, there would be literally no show. <laughs> <laughs> we could have an hour of silence. Would be uh, not be quite so much fun. Um, I've been having a another a look at the uh, of our commenters, comment, commenters, commentators, commenters, whatever on Twitch, and um, I had a question about what was the chicken spin. Which um, unfortunately, uh, another commenter has beaten me to the punchline with uh, asking whether it's a rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle, <laughs> because that would increase the amount of spin. <laughs> uh, good old, good old computer game jokes. That's oh. what we're here for. That's why we're on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess I guess we were like 20% edgier as well because of Twitch. And after the lockdown started, I've ended up having both a Twitch account and a Discord account, so I, I kind of become everything I hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, should, should we move on to some more sort of uh, like internet-y things and, yeah. and for things that are cool with the kids these days? Let's let's be old men. Uh, yeah, so uh, next news we've got is that uh, Selena Gomez is suing the creators of the fashion mobile game Close Forever um, because they've, uh, they've basically made a picture of her and it's not even subtle. It, 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 it was off, off the front of uh, uh, a magazine and basically they, they've, they've got, got someone to draw her uh, and, and then they flipped it, they've like reflected it and like given her a tattoo instead of a bracelet i think although i can't tell that might just be someone's artistic impersonation of a bracelet and it, it, it's it's not even subtle like the pose is the same the clothes are the same i i so i guess what's uh uh at issue here basically is like can you sue someone for looking a bit like someone is is that is that enough to extract some cash from someone uh, or did well, did they actually name the thing in the game after her, or is it just Ooh. some person that looks kind of like her? I mean, like kind of like her is doing it down a bit. I mean, okay, sure, precisely like her, clearly intended to be her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not clear to me what what in this game whether you. I, I think part of the, the the draw of it is supposed to be that you can dress celebrities. So the fact that it looks like her probably shouldn't come as a surprise. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they intentionally made some some celebrities, uh, and you got to put you got to put clothes on them. That is that is the draw. Yeah, as opposed to I the draws. Like have... <laughs> oh, waka waka. <laughs> I feel like we are probably not the best people to 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 judge the draw of this game, given I don't think we are its target audience. I mean, maybe maybe I I only speak for myself. I don't know about you, Chris. I mean, would this uh, would this appeal to you? Ooh, I think it would depend on what I was allowed to dress them in. Like, if it was stuff other than clothes, if I was allowed to be like, what would it look like if Les Dennis wore a microwave like pants? <laughs> and you know, just like punched a couple of holes in it hitched it up maybe used some braces to hold the microwave in place i i should clarify the microwave is not plugged in this isn't a weird sort of torture scenario this is it's just style um but yeah i think i'd play that game it'd be basically like scribble knots i'd be able to get like call stuff into existence and be like now try wearing that can a snooker table be a hat let's find out I think Les Dennis wearing a microwave must have been a, a Channel 5 show back in the in the early days of Channel 5, wasn't it? I'm going to check. I think it's a Google whack. Les <laughs> Dennis wearing a microwave. Oh, man, that, now that is retro, talking about Google whack. I mean, like, really showing our age there. there. <laughs> uh, all I've got is uh, Google removed the quotes because it thought I was an idiot. Uh, and, has, <laughs> and has various things saying... Did you want to insist that this includes microwaves? <laughs> so I, I'm calling it. And in fact, that's not a Google whack. A Google whack is when you get one result. That's just a, a Google null. That's like, I thought of something stupid, and surprise, surprise, nobody else has thought of something equivalently stupid. Okay, so, like, that, that, that's the thing, though. It loves the thing with, like, the English language and the language in general. It's like, I can say a sentence no one else has ever said before in, like, the entire history of the universe. 
Cool. Uh, uh, five words. Like, go. Pardon? You've got five words. Go. Take Sasquatches daily with ibuprofen. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, so you, you've using a common verb and two filler words that you you sort of that's it's dangerous. It's a dangerous approach to the game, but I yeah. think you may have won. <laughs> Take Sasquatches daily with ibuprofen. Yep. I think you. I think you, that must be. Yep, yep. No, you got it. You got it. <laughs> you skated. You skated close to the wind. I don't think that's what you do. I think you probably say you either sailed, sailed close, close to the wind or you skated close to the hedge trimmer. Uh, or skated on thin ice. Yeah, that's also true. Or like, or trimmed a hedge underwater. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not completely sure. Regardless, you won. Well done. <laughs> the format of this show has changed. Yeah, we've gone from we we have gone from silly news based show to this random challenge show. Can you say uh, five words? It is the name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this is the thing. We are trying to replicate the modern internet experience or something. But you are you are right to chide me back in the direction of the story. Uh, we do have a related story to the uh, uh, to the looks piracy uh, thing, which, which is, is incredibly late. that uh, a person from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, a show I've never seen, uh, which I feel poorer for, oh, uh, given the amount it gets referenced in XKCD, and therefore I assume is important. Um, so this guy, whose name is Alfonso Ribeiro, or Ribeiro, uh, has a signature dance. Uh, and the game Fortnite, the sort of shoot 'em up slash frenetic building simulator, um, has, they, their characters can do his dance, and the question is, can you sue them uh, in order to get them to license your dance? And generally speaking, it looks like the answer so far is no. It looks like you can't get money out of someone for doing your dance, uh, but you can get money out of someone for doing your dance routine. Uh, it seems to be the difference between like you're allowed to you're allowed to hold copyright over a piece of music, but you're not allowed to hold copyright over like the note D sharp. That is too generic. You can't just be like I was the first to play a D sharp on a banjo uh, and document that, and therefore that's mine. That's now Chris's note. You can't play Chris's note. Yeah, I, 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 was, I also had some friends talking about something similar to that, saying I am going to uh, algorithmically generate all possible tunes and copyright them. Ooh. I guess um, that, I mean, you can always escape that in the time dimension, right? Yeah, but... Um, you, you, like, you can do, like, link them and kind of, like... Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you would damn yeah. us to a world where all pop songs are 22 minutes long. Because they, <laughs> because they have to be. And they also have to be non-repeating, which is... So there'd be quite a lot of uh, sort of compositional complexity. I'm not sure, I'm not <laughs> no sure. choruses. Yeah, I'm not sure I dislike this. Would it be allowed for the DJs to sort of jump over the first 18 minutes and be like, "We're just going to play you the coda," but like, but please take it from us that <laughs> there was some randomly generated junk before that in order to evade copyright <laughs> law? Yeah, I mean, like the conclusion was like, "No, this is stupid because you're not actually like the, the thing that's corrected, um, protected is a creative expression." So if you then cho- said, "Oh no, this is the good one." then you can get away with that. <laughs> but you can't just like spam lots of them and say, oh, all the ones like this are good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But no, the, the, the thing that was taking a piss into me in this story was that the dance in Fortnite was called Fresh. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's obviously a reference. Come on. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, still, I still find it bizarre how much money Fortnite makes, considering like the main bit is free to play and it just sells dances and emotes and skins for the characters. And apparently, this this is what what the kids spend their money on now. Yeah, I think it was it Team Fortress Two that sort of broke the universe for the first time. Like with hats. First, yeah. That's yeah, the first one where they were like, "Who cares about the gameplay? You can have the gameplay for nothing, but you can have hats, and they cost a dollar." Uh, and that 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 turned out to make money. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah. And that kind of feels like one of those things which, where once we discovered that, we should have sort of killed everyone who knew it so that we could, as a society, unknow it uh, and then just carry on as we were. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's now a thing. We all, we all know that that's a, a viable way to live. Yeah, it's kind of moved from that to being now you have to play. Like Now the game is free, but in order to actually play it, you need to spend some money. But to buy, thing, to buy money in the game somehow... Yeah, uh, yes, you get these various ones where it's like a building simulator or something, uh, and you're allowed to build the first two things, uh, and then it's like, I hope you're cripplingly addicted to this thing now that you've built two little houses, uh, and now, you, and like usually it does keep running, but it keeps running at an infinitesimally slow pace, and you have yeah. to you have to you have to pay something in order to like in order to accelerate matters. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I I I don't get it. It's like these things make money, and I'm kind of like. Did, 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 like, have any of us spent money on any of those things? I, I bought games. I bought games where it's like you can have the first bunch of levels and then you unlock the rest because that's that's like having a demo for the game. But not these ones where you have to like constantly pay in order to like keep the game functional. I think it probably depends on what you mean by keep the game functional because some of these things you say about sort of just buying hats and stuff like that doesn't really keeps the game functional i mean like it's not like you can only progress this level if you are wearing the jester's hat it's the difference between buying more levels and buying just stuff oh but But some of the time it's kind of like here is the thing you'll get this many items to use in the game and when they're gone they're gone and you'll get it add three for a month but i guess you could argue the same thing about why we buy anything i mean like why do we buy hats now in real life real (laughs) I mean, it's you buy a real hat because you want the hat, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, I don't think you're ever buying the game, you know, the wide-brimmed hat in the game in order to keep the sun off or anything like that. I mean, I don't think that's the sort of reason. I think, I think you're basically just questioning fashion at this point, <laughs> which makes us even more ridiculous that we just talked about a fashion game story previous to this. <laughs> oh, wow. And I, I, I have... I have missed this because this is the thing. We start off with stupid news stories and end up kind of like questioning the entire foundation of economics. <laughs> so uh, in the uh, in the chat relating to this, uh, Jonathan has pointed out that apparently somebody sued uh, sued relating to a silent piece of music uh, uh, on the theory that... Uh, wait, now, now this is the thing. It's not a silent piece of music. It's whatever ambient sounds exist in the area. That's that's the that's I believe the point. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. So, so performances um, of uh, John Cage's uh, what is it four, 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 four minutes four, thirty-two seconds? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, are different. Yes, yes, yes. They sound like whatever it sounds like in that room. Yes, I presume somebody has deliberately. I mean, I guess it's cheating if you sort of you just you know set the mixer to zero. Uh, and it's like there are no ambient sounds because I engineered it to be so. Ah ha ha! Uh, and that really is like the definitive, the definitive recording. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's also the most boring recording. 
Now I've seen I've definitely seen some bands on YouTube cover that song. <laughs> By uh, going, going in it one a two a one two three four and and then actually mm-hmm. standing holding their instruments. Yeah, yeah. Vaguely shuffling. It does make me slightly worried that we might have to pay John Cage for the first fifteen minutes of this show when before anything was actually broadcast and Chris was just streaming <laughs> it over Twitch. Because presumably that was us playing, the, you know, the ambient sounds around that everybody else could hear. I mean, by that sound, by that standard, so is everything, right? Like, what is ambient <laughs> relative to what? Like, uh, you could have a version of Four Minutes Thirty Three Seconds where there's another band standing just behind you playing a pretty good cover of "Gimme Shelter" by the Rolling Stones, and like that is the ambient noise to your silent performance. Uh, but it's also quite fun, uh, unlike the original. So it's, oh, okay. you know, you kind of get to have your have your cake and eat it that way. This, 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 this feels like a whole new. Um, this this feels like a YouTube or Twitter challenge, actually. Just just kind of like going around and uh, doing gorilla. Oh, well, as I'm saying, like being pointed out in the comments, we shouldn't credit John Cage because that was a problem of why, why he sued this person because he had actually credited uh, uh, John Cage on. Was it an album? Was it a, a single? I have no idea. But um, I was going to say before that, we should just have like a guerrilla performances of this deliberately at the most stupid place for it. <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's a thing. I, 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 I like that as an idea. Trying to find um, the worst place to perform the perform the song or well, song perform the work. Four thirty three. Yeah. <laughs> Effectively, uh, effectively cage bombing. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Definitely sounds like something much worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, can we, I know. I miss the early days of the internet where Rick rolling was like the worst thing on the internet. I don't think it was the worst thing on the internet. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? It was like the it was like the worst one that uh, people actually, uh, yeah, people pe- 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 that people actually kind of like most people would come across and now there's like it's so much information and and tell things and including in our chat someone trying to uh someone trying to um sell followers uh a a bot uh oh dear but yeah now that's what we have to put up with now we have to put up with that we can't do a radio show anymore without a robot trying to come in and sell things it's true that never happened back in the chemfm days no, no. no they to, like, nobody wanted to. <laughs> if a robot had come in in the Cabafem days, we'd have just got it to hit itself, and then that would have been fine. <laughs> oh man! That, 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 again, uh, that's a short story we have to write as well. The uh, the, the the stop punching yourself um, kind of follow up to Isaac Asimov's robot stories. Oh yeah, we just call it start hitting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be like a self-help book. No, that's an awful self-help book. <laughs> hey, you're feeling down? Why not book. try violence unto the self? No, God, no. <laughs> What's the opposite of a self-help book? No, that's the guy oh, there. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, thought, I was realizing what I was getting as well. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought no. of the answer, and then I unthought yeah, the answer. No, moving on. Hey, Michael, um, I heard there's a TikTok house. <laughs> yes, yes. What's <laughs> one of those? Terrible, terrible internet. Um, 
basically a bunch of I'm not sure what you call them tick tick tockers clocks I don't know um, people who are apparently famous on TikTok in this country um, kind of like just went into a uh, a house together for not very well explained reasons um, apparently they go they might be making some money out of it somehow well, so I think- you go John. Oh no, you go, Chris. Uh, I, I was going to try and explain my my bad understanding of TikTok, and I feel like your bad understanding of TikTok might be slightly less bad. I hate to break it to you, I was about to ask for a bad understanding of TikTok because I, <laughs> I don't have one. It's your time to shine, John. Yeah, go for it. Okay, this this is not going to go well. Um, <laughs> I think this is a sort of another sort of similar thing of of uh, you you are a creator of things like in YouTube. YouTube, you basically make videos and people watch videos and then big companies will kind of give you give you money to help plug things over your videos. As far as I'm aware, TikTok is sort of roughly the same, but I think actually allows people to be uh, to get the money direct from people who are listening to them. So you can effectively you create content and then people donate to your content. So the idea of making money is the fact that they put a load of these people together. That then combines all the audiences. Everybody watches one TikTok thing, and they give them all of the money, and then they live in a house full of money. Okay. So the dis- the thing distinguishing this from like from YouTube is the fact that it, it, there's no like advertiser intermediaries. It's it's direct sort of pay what you want style. You know, we did the show now. Please give us a pound, sort of stuff. This is this is my understanding of it. Um, I uh, could be corrected by anybody who has a better understanding of it, but yes. Hey, Michael, do you have a bad understanding of TikTok? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> at least, uh, no, I mean, at least one of us happened to. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at it. Um, yeah, it's kind of like basically the kind of like internet generation version of Big Brother, as far as I can tell, because they're, they're kind of like constantly posting videos and like for, like they're having daily challenges and live streams. And uh, for example, this is, this is literally from the BBC News website. For example, the housemates are paid to play a nightly card game called What Do You Meme to advertise it to their audience. Um, do you know? Do you know anything about the game of What Do You Mean? Uh, no, but I, 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 that sounds just terrifying for me. The idea of just being locked in a house with these people and forced to play the same game every day. And I can't work out, I can't work out whether or not it's just me having like an idea of what these people might be like and I mean, just kind of like jumping to conclusions because like it might be, like, they, 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 it, might, it might be quite fun just doing all these things all day. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the whole point of TikTok is that you get locked in the house with them. I think no, that, I don't know. I mean, for this this specific iteration of it. Yeah, like, I, like, I, don't, I don't think even in this one. They, I mean, you don't. They don't sort of. You don't have to go round their house, contract whatever they have. I don't think that that is the idea behind this. Um, I appreciate you know if you've kind of if you're watching it, you could imagine that you're locked in their house. But the nice thing about things to do with the computer is that you can turn them off or you can get rid of them. It's not like you've been forced into their house. I mean, you can always if if in, if if for whatever reason your computer is insisted that you must stay with the TikTok people, you can always just unplug it at the mains. Yeah, and I, I, I know we are kind of all locked in at the moment, but uh, it, it's more the. Uh, people that 
Uh, so I suppose it's like, are they all? Are these people all actually mates, or is it just kind of like someone's just smushed together all the famous people on TikTok to create one? This is this sort of like when all the Transformers get together and sort of create one big big Transformer? <laughs> sort of, you get the, the big TikTok. I don't know what that would be. TikTok monster. <laughs> <laughs> we assemble to create mildly profitable sort of entertainment. <laughs> We should find a better composite form. <laughs> oh, hey, I found the card game, by the way. Uh, so the way to... If, when you're being old man shakes at, uh, shakes fist at cloud, which is very much what we're doing for about the last 20 minutes, the way to satisfy yourself that, like, this thing that the youth are doing doesn't matter is to, is to sort of draw fairly straight lines between it and something that you do understand. What do you meme uh, is uh, Cards Against Humanity, except for the prompts uh, are meme pictures uh, and the answers, the white cards, uh, are meme captions. So you'll, get, so you'll get a picture of a cat eating a cheeseburger and you'll get some captions, which are probably not the one that specifically relates to cheeseburgers, and you'll associate them and someone will be like, aha, this is the funniest one of those. You're the best at comedy. And now we understand it. I was kind of like, just reading through these things and it's saying um, TikTok stars with more than 2 million followers in the UK may earn annual incomes of upwards of £25,000. That, 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 yeah, I was not... I I'm not sure what to feel about that, to be honest. Become a internet star and you too could earn the median wage. <laughs> Which is better than nothing good should we do the next story <laughs> <laughs> yes moving on <laughs> uh the next story is uh uh oh we've kind of got two linked ones here we're all kind of like doing things uh separately um oh someone's pointed out twenty-five thousand is more than most phd salaries but i believe most phd salaries are tax-free so i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, burn! I, I, I'm not sure whether or not you earn more. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the next story is uh, people who are actually doing uh, like fun things over the lockdown. And uh, BBC News weather presenter. Uh, this was this was lovely. Um, is is has gone viral uh, through uh, drumming to the BBC News theme. BBC yes, Northwest uh, Night presenter Owen Wynne Evans. Shall, shall I play his masterwork? I'm sure everyone's already heard it by now, but like it doesn't hurt to hear this thing again. It's pretty great. I'm going to take your silence as a yes. Here it comes. See you soon. <laughs> We'll be right back. 
Owen Wynn Evans there, uh, with his, uh, who is the Northwest Tonight weather presenter, uh, with his bid to take out Thomas Schaffernacker. <laughs> Rise to uh, stardom. Uh, do, do you know what that really reminded me of? Uh, Bill Bailey. Yes, that, yeah, he did the he did the BBC News rave, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, um, the BBC Apocalypse uh, News rave, which uh, <laughs> seems uh, <laughs> worryingly worryingly prescient these days. I heard um, newscast, which is uh, it's what Brexit cast turned into, uh, which in turn was the BBC's podcast, you know, daily podcast thing for Brexit, and now the daily yeah. podcast thing for whatever's going on at the minute, which is at the moment uh, only COVID. Uh, uh, yeah, because uh, so it's the thing, kind of like, because yeah, Brexit's definitely finished now, right? Oh yeah, no, that's done. I heard it. Uh, so. they're, they're definitely done. Nothing, nothing coming to bite us in the arse in uh, the end of the year. <laughs> So they got the same guy to come and do their theme, and it was much, much worse. Uh, and they kept it in for some reason. It was a real, like, you could sort of hear the guy being like, I played this to the BBC News theme because it really fits. And you have a sort of a orchestral thing in three time, which calls for something very, very different. But okay, I will if you insist, and hopefully they'll have the good sense to delete it, and they didn't. It makes me sad. Well, I, 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 quite, I quite like this idea of... Uh, of- you know, the, somebody who was just just presented the weather, he's now gone and sort of played the theme at the end of it. I quite like the idea that they're just going to outsource the theme to various people playing it on various different instruments. So we've had sort of the, the drumming version of it, but we can presumably look forward to um, to uh, people people on the kazoo or on the swanee whistle or, you know, sort of, as yeah. you say, Thomas Schaffernacker on, on play, playing it away on the swanee whistle. But I think we'd all be delighted to watch that. Whoever does the business on like uh, BBC Stockport will be like, God, I can't believe he got there first. Right, yeah, fine, here we go. Who's hasn't heard BBC News Regency Oboe style? Nobody, that's who. I'll do it, I'll do it. Gradually more and more obscure instruments until you get somebody who's just playing it on the theremin. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just a random thing. Like, Does anyone, like, does, has anyone other than me has, like, noticed that a lot of the... Um, BBC radio stations have their kind of jingle, which you can basically say the name of the radio station in time to, but that's not what it is. It's just it's just a jingle. Okay, yeah, you're thinking of like like the Radio Two thing. Yeah, the Radio Two thing is made so you can sing BBC Radio Two, and then sometimes <laughs> they do actually do that. But even when yes. it's the instrumental one, you're supposed to sing it along. <laughs> and 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 yeah, lots of the, the, the other ones as well. I know BBC Asian Network does that as well. Mm-hmm. So what what do you sing along for the BBC News theme? Is it just news, news, <laughs> news, news? Oh no! The the problem is the problem is at one point I um I, I I listened to the Bill Bailey one, and so when the BBC News came on at one point in the background, I can't remember where I was, but it was it might have been like in one of the college um it might have been like a college JCR or something uh, kind of common room college common room in the, the Cambridge University. I uh, basically ended up uh, bopping along to it without thinking and then the first news story was horrific (laughs) 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 yeah uh, yeah 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 you really need to line that up for the day when there was only good things yeah i mean i thought you were going to start saying you just started yelling like he does in there just going this is the bbc oh dear but we've got one. We've got one more kind of like uh, doing things over the internet story, and it's one sport which was apparently still going. 
which, golf. Uh, turns out to be darts. Darts, of course. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean, go- golf presumably could still be going if you consider the fact that you are you uh, have everybody spaced out as much as possible in a wide area. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's the perfect social distancing sport. But yeah, no, yeah. this is instead the one sport that can be played uh, pretty much solo. I mean, sports is effectively says so like a, a time trial, or not time trial, points trial against somebody else. You you just throw darts at the board, and then you wait for somebody else to throw darts at the board. It doesn't matter where you are. So they've been playing this in their own homes, right? So each, yeah. each of the people th- uh, plays their own round of darts, uh, and presumably there's some sort of umpiring to sort of vaguely check they're doing it right? Yeah, that's the thing. I was I was wondering, how, how do you have... Um, like, how do you check that they are actually because like, like the, there's, a, there's a definite thing in darts you have to be the right distance away from the board mm-hmm. and yeah, you yeah. have and to like not 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 um keep like, if you're sharing this they're basically sharing this on like skype and stuff and you have to like have not rigged your um video to just play that one time that you managed to do it perfectly because in fact what what you were doing is you were dropping the darts vertically <laughs> and, and, spe- and sped up your video afterwards <laughs> i mean i mean this would only work for people with very short hair or something like that wouldn't it because i think there'll probably be lots of you somehow super glued yourself to the ground so that it looks like you are <laughs> I didn't mean like that. I mean like you you spice together you throwing some darts and then separately the darts putting into a dartboard. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, I was I thought you were describing like the Adam West Batman, where you know where he climbs the wall, <laughs> and, uh, and he sort of he you know it's obviously a camera on its side, and it'd be it'd be it'd be that uh, it'd be a sort of a guy glued to his glued to his floor or glued to his wall, I suppose, throwing darts downwards at a board, which sounds actually probably harder than darts. Like I think you probably score lower if you, if, you, if you were to do this to yourself, and have to like try and somehow excuse the moment when you spill your beer and it spills horizontally into the board. <laughs> uh, um, but there was a um, darts um, player, um, Luke Woodhouse, managed to throw a perfect nine dart finish in the uh, Professional Darts Corporation home tour. So that that was that was an achievement. Uh, but he, the brilliant thing is, apparently he needed. Um, the uh his opponent uh um no no his opponent is an opponent to him for later on in uh, the tournament uh roby john rodriguez uh, who's uh, austrian uh, apparently needed permission from his neighbors in vienna to carry on playing past 8 p.m and they're like oh that's quite sweet <laughs> it, i mean darts is a rowdy old sport in terms of what all of the the crowds do so presumably to get the you know to get the, their competitive juices flowing they must be just piping a whole load of audience shouting uh, in, into the rooms at the time. So maybe this is why, you know, sort of actually it turns out to be incredibly loud to play darts in your own home if you're a professional darts player. <laughs> I love that sort of like level of consideration uh, for each other uh, and kind of like volume. Uh, whereas I'm not quite sure that's what's happening in our comments section. I think, uh, I think we're having a burst of oil band forming. Oh dear! <laughs> Apparently, we, we've we've been suggested to play the burst of the bubble theme on a balalaika, which does kind of draw attention to the fact that we've lost the theme. <laughs> I remember how it went. Did, Michael, did you did you write the burst of the bubble theme in the first place, or is it some, uh, was it some well, plinkly stuff music? I, I didn't. Found? No, it was uh, it was created uh, by Rich Wareham with the sound uh, for myself. I I, I should. I, 
we say we've lost the theme. It's not. It's more we haven't got the theme in the easily accessible things because it's at the start of all of my, our podcasts, which I do have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's uh, also true. <laughs> uh, so we could chop that out and like I. Um, I mean, I could just try and do like the world's fastest audio um, editing, and and just try and get get it get it to you so we can close with the burst of bubble theme. It does also have three parts, so we you know we could make a decent shot at it live, right? Like, oh, you've got you've got the plinkly music, you've got the bubble noises, and you've got Michael, who I presume would be playing himself, saying the words <laughs> saying the words burst the bubble, right? Yeah, I'll stick an extra don't in there for current current. Um, Current circumstances. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. So, uh, so John, you're on bubble noises. Okay. Are you gonna Are you gonna do it in the sound of a balalaika? That's the main question. I mean, do you? I mean, could you briefly imitate a balalaika for me? I suppose it's kind of twangy, isn't it? So, it's sort of like down, down, down. down. No, that doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do it with that noise. Uh, yeah, so, so, someone asking, do we have a kazoo? It's like, oh, I mean, like that just makes me think about uh, for Tim Brooke Taylor who. Uh, passed away from the coronavirus uh, this week oh yeah well, yeah in in your honor tim here, here you here you have it it's the the not balalaika version of the burst bubble theme if this isn't what a balalaika sounds like then i shall create the smota balalaika after this after this is over so that i can be retrospectively correct and it went a bit like this make with the bubble noises john it went Something fadey, 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 fadey. Stop with the bubbles now. That's enough bubbles. I think we did a good job of that. I think that's fine. I think we should just cut that out, and that will be the theme next time. Sorted. So we've reached the end of our hour. Let's have a quick recap of what we've learned. Um, let's see. Uh, we've learned that if you get asked to go in a plane, don't. Uh, we've learned that if you're in the Venezuelan Navy, then don't. Uh, we've learned if you are an electron neutrino and you're thinking of turning into a tau neutrino, then maybe do. Uh, we've learned that if you are Michelle Gomez... Uh, and somebody has drawn you, uh, and they encourage you to sue them, then Selena don't. Gomez, wasn't it? That's the one. If you're any Gomez, I would say. I think that law applies across Gomez's. Is if you're a Gomez, somebody draws you, it's cool. Uh, we've learned that if someone tries to dance like you, then that's mostly okay, unless they do it a lot, in which case it isn't. Uh, we've learned that darts is fun and doesn't require company. Uh, <laughs> we've learned that TikTok is, and we've learned that drumming is good. And I think that rounds uh, it up. And we've learned that we just don't understand the youth of today. And as, as the chat correctly points out, we have learned that Rutland is bad. <laughs> just get a better, get a shire on the end of your name. Everybody else is doing it, mostly. Shire Baggins. <laughs> do, do the ring raids go on about the Shire much? <laughs> they definitely go on about Baggins quite a lot, but is, is there a lot of Shire in there? There's definitely one point where it's Shire Baggins. <laughs> That's all they were after. They just wanted a place to live. They just wanted a Shire. <laughs> Stupid hobbits hogging all the real estate. That's the real story of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Housing inequality. 
Oh well, on that note, let's draw a line under our proceedings today. This has been Burst the Bubble, the uh, the reunion episode. Uh, Michael, do you think we've have we have we you know have we lived up to your I don't know what what do we call this your treasure your uh, your reputation No, that's not right. Whatever. Have we done you proud? That's what I'm saying. I've enjoyed it. It's been great. Hey. Yeah. Uh, we hope we hope everyone else has too. Thank you very much for listening, those of you who listened. Thank you, John, for your uh, inimitable contributions. <laughs> You're welcome. I, <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded like a diss. Thank you, John, <laughs> for your good contributions. I have enjoyed your contributions. Yes, if thank you for the commenters. Contributions. To, uh... thank, yes, thank you indeed for the commenters. Thank you for listening. We'll bid you all farewell. Till next time. Should there be a next time. Goodbye. Adios. Bye.